0: It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's really all right. It's all
1: right. Welcome to the What's Up with Hungry podcast. I'm your host, Ben Novak. Joining me today is your other host, Mr. Peter. Mr. Peter Erde. So, a lot of interesting things happened in Europe this week and in Hungary. Um, so, apparently, uh, Brexit happened, and uh, the UK's like, we're tired of this. We're out of here, guys. Adios. And, um, you know, it's making waves all over Europe and in Hungary. And these waves are being surfed by the highest of government officials in Hungary, including Mr. János Lazat himself, minister overseeing the office of the prime minister. Second story, Sándor Sokai, who is the executive director of the government's own in-house historical institute, he said some things about numeros clausus, which was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the first anti-Semitic law in 20th century Europe. Um, it's a Hungarikum. Um, can I say that?
0: I, th- I think numerous clauses. yeah. That's a Hungarikum. For for a while, it was definitely a Hungarikum.
1: Yeah. And our final story is about Arpad Huboy and uh, helicopter rides in Hong Kong. <laughs> minister overseeing the office of the prime minister, Janos Lazad, held his 50 some odd marathon press conference um, on Thursday. And, you know, he touched on Brexit and what he said was that if Hungary were to hold a Huxit vote now, he would either vote against staying in the European Union or not go vote. To quote him a little bit more precisely, what he said he is that he could not vote in good conscience on behalf of staying in the European Union. He also said that uh, the EU is no longer capable of defending European values and uh, defending European interests. Zoltán Kovács, the government spokesperson, also had some words to say about Brexit and like anti-EU sentiments and leaving the EU and Hungary's referendum. What do you think about this? You know, he was on ATV this morning.
0: Again, and he said that he's voicing his personal opinion. I think it's great that Lazar Janos from a government pulpit voices his personal opinion about the EU and the it. Zoltán Kovács said too that his personal opinion, not the government's opinion, but his personal opinion would be to to leave. I think this puts the whole thing in perspective. Lazar's words on Thursday. I think now we know that this is an effort to drum up support for the quota referendum and to. It's f- it, you know, it's really strange
1: how they're doing this. Like it's you know, it's it's not a bad tactic actually. When you say like, oh, you know, I'm just going to speak to all this media and I'm going to like totally say, yeah, we're we're all about the EU, but personally. Screw him, Peter, what do you think about this story? I mean, Lazar's coming out, he's saying some pretty tough stuff at a time when anti-EU sentiments uh, are kind of growing.
0: It's ridiculous. This is coming from the person who is in charge of EU funds in Hungary, who has the clearest picture of EU's impact on the Hungarian economy and Hungarian infrastructure in general. Hungary's economy is reliant on the EU. We get subsidies from the EU That's how we build roads and hospitals and schools and stuff like that.
1: Do you think statements like this by Lazad increase or... Decrease anti-EU sentiments
0: in Hungary. Probably they do increase it, and it, I think it's a justification for for many people who may think some of these things or along these lines. Then it just reaffirms them. But it's ridiculous. The Hungarian government, I think, in their right mind would not could not risk a hook sit just because our economy is so reliant on the EU. If we left that would be catastrophic. Because of the money and because of the benefits for the Hungarian economy, I think there's no way they can leave because that would cause such harsh economic downturn and you know social consequences by extension that would destroy their popularity and, and power base and they wouldn't Don't risk that. No Sokai
1: Shandor, who is the executive director of the Veritas Institute, it's the government's own in-house historical institute where they they look at things in Hungary and they come up with their own opinion on why things happened the way they happened. Now, Sokai gave an interview to the Hungarian-language Budapest beacon, a guy named Peter Segu. They talked about numerus clausus. Now, for those of you who don't know what numerus clausus is, here's like a one-sentence intro. Numerus clausus, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was introduced in 1920 and it is considered the first anti-Semitic piece of legislation introduced in the 20th century in Europe. And what it did essentially is it restricted access to higher education um, to Jews because they were overrepresented in higher education in Hungary. Peter, what did Sokai say in this interview?
0: His most shocking statement was basically making a point about how numerus clausus did restrict Uh, Access to higher education for Jews. But on the other hand, that restriction in turn enabled access to other people. And for those people, it was good opportunities. it It was an opportunity. And so this is why there is more than one side to this law.
1: Why do you think it is that they give this guy an institute and then the state funds this institute?
0: I think that's pandering to the far right at, at its clearest. They just let this guy talk because that's something that the far right wants to hear. And since Fidesz, I think, perceives Jobbik, a far-rightish party in Hungary, to be the biggest threat to their power, I think it's their in their political interest to pander to those voters, and they do it by having, for example, Veritas Institute of Government money and having this guy run it, who is just saying all these crazy things about the Holocaust and how this law was creating opportunities for some people or how deportations were just immigration procedures. And don't get me wrong, I think that the state has no business legislating speech. So I don't think that he should be prevented from saying all these things if this is his opinion. On the other hand, I'm not sure that he should be in charge of a government institute for historical research.
1: You just said that this is a, a deliberate attempt to pander to the far-right sentiments in Hungary.
0: I'm pretty sure.
1: Do you think that Sokai Shandor says these things independently or whether he gets kind of like, a, you know, like, hey, dude, this is the direction you need mm, to take on this topic? I'm, I'm
0: sure there's no need for that. He know, He's not a stupid guy. He can read the signs. He knows what to do. This The whole system is reliant on people like him who does not need manual control, a day-to-day guidance on what to do. These people are smart enough to know where their place is, what is expected of them. He was appointed to this position exactly because he thinks these things.
1: 444 published a story this week about Arpad Huboy and helicopter rides in Hong
0: Kong. Peter, what was this story all about? Arpad Hobon is the super advisor for the prime minister and... Uber for, advisor. For field. Advisor. Udvisor?
1: Udvisor? Udvi- I just made that up. You can yeah. use it.
0: All right. Go ahead. I will, but I'll credit it to you. Thanks. So Hobon Arpad is the advisor of the Hungarian government and the prime minister. I think he is the most influential person without an official title in Hungary. There was a helicopter company in Hong Kong, which, you know, organizes... Rides, 45 minute long rides around Hong Kong, you can book a seat at their website. But they didn't set their website up properly. And all the transactions and all the bookings leaked to the internet. And so there was a window when you search for Harpat Hoboin's name, you found that he had a reservation for a helicopter ride there. The more important part of this story was the name and the phone number of the person who made the reservation, and that was a banker, a businessman from Hong Kong called Jonathan Chan. And it turns out that this person is co-owner of one of the companies who sells the residency bonds. Uh Uh-oh. This is significant for many reasons. So the Hungarian government has this program where foreign businessmen, or just- Anybody who has money. wealthy people, from Russia, China, and other mainly Eastern countries can go and buy Hungarian state bonds for 300,000 euros.
1: It's a lot of money.
0: And if they buy that, then they get residence permits in Hungary, which means...
1: They can travel throughout the EU. They can incorporate businesses here. Exactly. They can do a lot.
0: So that is really valuable for some people in Russia and in China. I presume the Economic Committee of the Parliament selected five companies. This was without uh, a public procurement, so they just said these five companies are licensed to sell these bonds. End of discussion. These companies are offshore companies. They are registered in the Cayman Islands and...
1: Cyprus. So residency bonds and we don't we shouldn't act like they don't exist elsewhere. they do exist elsewhere in, in Europe. but a, lot, a number of countries do this. In Hungary's case, what's so interesting is that they aren't sold through the state uh, debt management agency. They're sold through these contracted companies who were selected who knows how.
0: And that they make a killing on it. So they're
1: making a fortune on this.
0: They get 40 50,000 euros as a fee to handle the business for each sale. And that's, you know, that's their money. And it's really unclear why the government would want these privately owned companies to have this money. If I'm not mistaken, many of them are offshore companies. I think all of them are offshore companies, like Cyprus, Cayman Islands, Virgin Islands. But
1: Peter Fidesz, Fides and Viktor Orbán said that there will be no more offshore companies. The government
0: will not do business. These are with good. No, no, these are good offshore companies. These are. They you know, have a stamp of approval. Yeah, they are friendly offshore companies. I think the justification at the time was <laughs> these are not offshore companies because we are releasing the the name of the owners. Uh-huh. And this um, and it did did happen. And this is how we know that the guy who reserved the helicopter ride. For Hobon was the owner of one of these companies. Well, doesn't
1: this imply then that there is some kind of connection between um, people very close to Fidesz and those companies that have been uh, awarded this opportunity to sell these residency bonds?
0: I think, I think yes. And this is not the first case for this. There's another company called Voildan. Voldan. They are in charge of the Russian market. And it turned out that the lawyer for Voldan is the a personal lawyer for Arpad Hobon, another connection there. So it seems that Hobon Arpad is for some reason connected to- He's all, just a market maker. He's connected to all these companies. And it seems that there's a strong personal connection there. Actually, six hours after we published the story, six, seven hours after we published Bankierik and Lazarianos, Fides politicians, came out and said, "Well, there may be a personal connection between Arpad Habony and this banker, the owner of the co-owner of the company, but there's nothing wrong with that. Habony Arpad was not part of the decision to choose these companies, although these companies were chosen by the, as I said, the economic committee, the economic which com- was headed by, by Rogan Antal. Antal at the time, and yeah. Rogan Antal and and, Hobon and Arpad are really good They're friends,
1: like BFFs, exactly." So thank you all for listening to the What's Up With Hungry podcast. My name is Ben Novak. I'm signing out. And guess who else is signing out? It's Erde Peter. Mr. Peter Erde is signing out. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and stay tuned to the What's Up With Hungry podcast. Bye-bye. Goodbye.